When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial generation. We are three sisters, two continents. Don't know what country you're in, actually. I don't either. I'm uh, so confused. Yeah, I forgot that we do a podcast even today, if I'm completely honest, because I've been traveling. This is um, true. Anyway, I'm back in Amsterdam, as it turns you're back out. In Amsterdam. I am. Woo-hoo. And I'm sitting outside to record this podcast because everyone in my house is sleeping. And we have yes, on the couch. Oh, that is tough. That and bad. it looks lovely and sunny, and it's cold and rainy here. It is. Melbourne has really turned on the winter. So we are here. So this is a podcast. As you know, we go high, we go low, we go very, very superficial, but also a bit deep. And we will go a bit deep today. I'm Amy. I'm 37. And this week, I've spent a lot of time just walking the streets. That's what I do now. That's all just I for do. fun? Yep. I take my expensive pram and carry my daughter around. And that's my week. Anything um, else? I'm going to do a really mum thing and yes. I've been making lots of soup because oh, it's cold. Who are you again? <laughs> I'm Ellen. I'm 33. And, yes, soup is happening this week at my house if oh, anyone wants to come that over. That sounds good. That's so mum. Yeah. I'm, like, it's I just, don't think it's mum. I think it's just like winter. No, it's just it's, winter, it's, isn't it? it's poor person because I'm going to be doing the same <laughs> thing. I have spent all of my money travelling. and now At the I meat, at the meat restaurant. Yeah, with the meat <laughs> restaurant. That was my fill. And now it's vegetable soup for the next three months. And who are you? I am Dimity. I'm 28 years old. Um, and I am exhausted from traveling. I'm done now. That's oh, nice. poor you. We feel so sorry. It's hard. It's actually yeah. really hard. So the, you should the challenge. Do you know how many comments we got on Insta and Facey and, and through email last week about <laughs> our pleb frozen lamington versus your beautiful <laughs> meat chef's table? Sorry, not sorry, you guys. Sorry, yeah, not sorry. You really, you are rubbing in. Okay, so we're going to cover heaps this week. So we've got a visitor in the studio today. Natalie Firth joins us and we're going to talk about returning to work after baby, how to ask for flexibility, what we should be asking for. And in fact, not just about baby, but just in general, flexibility at work. How do you ask for it? How do you apply for it when you're going for a job interview? And what are the do's and don'ts? So we'll go into that. Boris Johnson, oh my lordy, what a maniac. Are we allowed to say that? Please don't sue us, allegedly. Um, but he, we're going to cover him off in the UK and what is going on there. The Jonas Brothers. I don't even know. One from Leftfield. It's from Ellen, of course. I don't even know. Is it? Are they pronounced Jonas? Jonas. Okay, yes. the Jonas Brothers. That's how much I've I know about them. I've done a deep dive. I've seen. I've got lots of what? Fat, uh, fat Amy, toys. It's phonetic. How else would you do it? Come on. Yona? Yona. The Yona Brothers. I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Recommendations, we've got a few, and we're going to finish with, I've got mantra slash rant, L. It's a mantra. You, okay, you angry <laughs> or No, calm. no, calm, okay, lovely. not very cross. No. Okay, all right, let's deep dive. Here we go. 
All right, so Natalie Firth is the CEO and co-founder of Think Talent, which is Melbourne's fastest-growing female-led recruitment agency. Think Talent was born, like all great businesses, over a glass of wine. I love that. I think everything good is born over a glass of wine. So we've got Natalie in the studio today, and she's really talking about diversity, returning to work, how we navigate flexibility, how you ask for flexibility. So welcome, Natalie. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, Natalie, we've been pondering this because obviously you've got two mums in the studio here who are both off work at the moment, both contemplating returning to work, one sooner than the other actually, quite soon. How do you go about asking for flexibility um, in a role when you're interviewing for a potential new role or, in fact, returning to a current role? What, what are the do's and don'ts to watch out for? It's, it's such a difficult transition returning to the workforce and I see so many women, um, friends, candidates battling with this. And I think when you go on parental leave, you know, you've got an expectation around what you think is going to happen mm. when you return and things change inevitably. Sometimes you want to come back earlier. Sometimes you want to take longer off. The biggest thing I say when asking for flexibility when you're returning to work is be really clear on what you want. Mm. I see, you know, so many women and myself included when I returned after my first child six years ago thinking, I'll do three days a week. That sounds like a, yeah. a good balance. And in actual fact, that didn't suit what I wanted for my career. So it's about being really clear about what your career goals are, what mm. your family goals are, and knowing how to navigate that. So it's not a one-size-fits-all mm. approach. And would you expect that to happen, um, say you're applying for a new job, Does should that happen before you apply or when you apply or when you've been offered the job and then you negotiate terms and flexibility? Because I've heard a lot of friends talk about that. Of, yeah. There's this great position, it's full-time, I want part-time. You know, when should I bring that up? Should I make them fall in love with me first and then they don't want to let me go? And what would you suggest is a really it's good time? It's so challenging, isn't mm. it? You know, I, I think one of the traps and one of the dangers I see when, um, and, and I say women, it's not mm. just women, but it's largely women off the back yes. of maternity leave, Going for full-time roles and asking for part-time, you know, yes, that's something to do, but be really careful about it. Mm. So what I see, in fact, organisations are more willing than ever before. So this is the best time, I think, to to be having those flexibility conversations. Mm. However, in my experience, I see organisations saying, yes, the female still producing a full-time outcome, yeah. still being much more efficient than, than their full-time counterpart, mm. but getting a much lesser pay. Mm. So there is a danger in that. Like, yes, mm. flexibility is important, but doesn't actually mean part-time mm. you know is it full-time work that you're completing and can you get the full-time salary mm. but negotiate the flexibility that actually works for so you so maybe you could do drop off or pick up or leave exactly. at three thirty or whatever it is you need I always say mm. to my friends when they ask me for advice on this is what are you actually trying to achieve you know ex- exactly what you just said mm. is it that you'd like to pick your kids up from school two days a week and that's yeah. what's important to you is it that you genuinely want a day off mm. what does that look like and how is the role going to change to allow for that mm. because if you you're still doing the full-time role, then my advice is take the full-time salary. Yeah. And do you think workplaces are are changing to more of an outcomes-based role than a than a time role? Because no. No. <laughs> but I would love to see that happening and I talk about this all the time that if I can do a role in three days a week and it takes you five days, why am I being penalised for that? So I absolutely think it needs to move to outcomes-based, uh, outcomes-based approach. 
look, some organisations are much better than others um, and ones that you would expect to be really good are mm. are really good, but we've got a long way to go. Yeah. And what Natalie, sectors are you – oh, sorry, Dima. We sorry. forget about yeah, you in Amsterdam. I'm, You're so far away. Just jump I'm up and down so on the screen. I'm so hard to wait for a moment. <laughs> I'm just interested more from um, not a having a child point of view but more advocating for women point of view because I've been working with recruiters more recently through finding a job over here and I'm interested about your business model differing from a typical recruiter because it seems like you're actually advocating for women. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it stems from our ex- experience. Ainsley and I were both in this position, right, and and often you have to have experienced something to, to have that empathy piece. So, you know, unfortunately the way the recruitment model works is recruitment consultants aren't rewarded for putting diversity on shortlists. Mm-hmm. So they're rewarded for finding a great candidate and that's where they get their fee. So in our model, we've really looked at like, how can we incentivize our consultants to go that extra mile to find diverse candidates? Now, that's not just males and, you know, females and males. That's diversity of thought, different backgrounds, um, and challenging our clients on, have you thought about how you could change this role or tweak this role to get a better candidate that might need some flexibility? So we have changed our model to to look at that. And you are 100% right. It's not just about mums returning to work. People want flexibility for all sorts of reasons now. Uh, and I think technology means that we do work more at home. We are on our emails 24-7. The first thing we do, most of us, is check, check our emails on our phones. So if you need flexibility for other reasons, and I think it's really important to be having those conversations. What are the watch outs? So when all right, you're going for a job and you've seen, and as we've talked about, it's full-time and you want to negotiate. Yep. Is there any truth in the idea of get them to love you and then negotiate down? Or is that just a pretty old wives' tale? Yeah, difficult thing to <laughs> oh. do. Have you seen it work? I've seen it work, definitely. My advice is always honesty is, is the mm. best approach. I think we've got to be careful about apologising for needing flexibility and often yeah. – and it's it's difficult to give advice because we assume that the female is coming from a position of power and they're not, mm. right, because they're pitching themselves for this, this flexible um, working environment. What I would tell everyone is that males are doing it, right? They are leaving work to pick up their kids at 3 o'clock. They are taking the flexibility and they're not apologising for it largely. It's a generalisation. So I think what we need to do is say – this is how I can make this work. This is how I've done it in the past. Mm. This is what I need. And that's it. Not apologize for it, but be really transparent about what, what flexibility you need through the process. And I, I had a conversation with a friend a little while ago and we were chatting about jobs and, you know, negotiating power and that kind of thing. And she made the very astute observation that often women need to negotiate for flexibility because generally they're the primary carer. And it means that you use your negotiating power on the flexibility and maybe not on the pay. Yeah. And so you feel like, oh, my gosh, I got four days a week. That's great. I'm not going to ask for anything more. I'm not going to ask for more pay because I just want the flexibility. And I hadn't thought of it like that, that that gender pay gap could also come from, well, what do you value and what do you need as a priority for your family? And that might be flexibility over pay. But I wonder whether we could have both. Do you think it's too much to ask for flexibility and a pay rise with a new job or something? Not at all. And then you are so right because that flexibility piece often sits with the female. So my view is that if we want to see some real change happening in the workplace, the males need to be asking for the flexibility too. They need to be having these conversations Mm. to enable their their female partner, if that's the dynamic that's there, to have that flexibility. Mm. So no, we shouldn't be negotiating on on salary Mm. just to get the flexibility Mm. piece. Mm. 
Yeah, and I totally agree with that because I'm a, I'm late to the party with kids and I loved flexibility pre-kids. It enabled me to study, it enabled me to go and have a life and that was really important. But what I haven't seen much of is actual genuine part-time roles. Do, do they exist <laughs> when they're advertised and are they out there as a rule? Are we seeing more of them or is are they still pretty unusual for good quality roles out there? I think they're still pretty unusual. I, th- I think Australia's pretty behind. You know, if you look at the UK um, and some of the, the amazing things happening over in, in Europe and the UK, we are pretty behind in that regard. So part-time is still the most searched term on SEEK. Wow. Right? So That's really, really, so interesting. it's really interesting. So yeah. the demand's there. Mm. I, I think Australia's behind in that. We need to think more laterally around uh, job share. It doesn't mm. need to be a reduced role. You know, how can we find two amazing, talented people, males or females, and, and a, work out a job share arrangement? Um, yes, the roles exist. My advice back to, to people looking at part-time roles is really assess, is it a genuine part-time role mm. or, or are, is the organisation saving money? Mm by getting a really high calibre person and paying less. Or are you going to do five days working for, which a lot of my mother's group friends totally. say that they do. They say I've got a day off, but it doesn't really end up being a day off. They do work. Exactly. And that was my experience. And not paid for it. <laughs> and not paid for it. And the other, you know, we mentioned the, the gender pay gap. The other really important thing to note is superannuation. Now, it's not a sexy topic mm. at all, but it's really important to note that if you're taking a part-time pay, mm. you're also taking prorated super. Mm. So from a wealth accumulation point of view, that's dangerous. And it's dangerous if you look at the divorce rates. It's dangerous mm. if you look at, you know, how many females you know, females outlive their, their male counterparts. Yeah. So we end up with females later in life who don't have the same retirement plan that their male counterparts do. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be thinking about that. I always say if you can, and everyone's situation is different, but if you can get the full-time pay and negotiate flexibility, mm-hmm. if it's a full-time role, then then do that. Mm-hmm. You're better off. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good advice. Really good advice. Um, I'm really interested if you think that there's like – almost like a toolkit that women could have going into these conversations. So a few, you know, conversation starter almost or, or key facts or something that they can go in to feel like they have a bit of arsenal to support their argument to have more flexible role and higher pay. Is there something that they can do to prepare better? It's, it's so difficult. It, you know, for someone like me, I'm quite confident. So I'm, you know, able to to go in and, and have those tough conversations. It is, it's really challenging, right? Because, yeah, you can give all the advice in the world, but again, it's, the female often in that situation isn't coming from that position of power. Mm-hmm. What I would say, you know, to my earlier point is not apologising for needing flexibility. Every single person I know needs flexibility for one reason or another and, and it's not always about kids, often it mm-hmm. is. Um, so, so well, it might be a carer situation or it might be family absolutely. or lots of different reasons why people need flexibility. That's exactly right. Um, do your research on the organisation and probably target organisations that genuinely value uh, flexibility and diversity the good news is more and more organisations are realising the importance and value of diversity, not just from a tokenism point of view, but in terms of the value it brings the organisation. So do your research. There's places, websites like Work 180. I don't know if you've heard of mm. them, but, you know, they have a really strong vetting process for organisations to actually advertise their roles on there. And that includes things like their parental leave policies, their mm. flexibility and, and so forth. Mm. But the most important thing is to, and particularly if you're coming back after a gap, so if you've been out for 12 months or, or whatever it is, not undermining yourself 
with what you've learned in that gap. I don't know about you guys, but I know that I learned more as a parent about myself, about what I was capable of yep. than, you know, I did in a lot of my working And career. it's okay to use that in a job interview to say over my 12 months looking after my children, I've learned how to be really patient. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and efficient. What I can get done in 20 minutes will blow your mind. Blow your mind. And that is right. We become more efficient. You spend less, you know, you waste less time. So it, mm. it's important to to not apologise for that but to really mm. own it. And just don't forget, you, if you're coming back from a great career, you haven't lost all of that. So mm. talk about what you've done pre-kids. I always say to people as well, if you've had maternity leave, do not put that on your CV. You would be surprised oh, really? yeah. how often I see, you yeah. know, 2012 mm. to 2014 maternity leave. It's not relevant. Yeah. It's okay just to have a gap in those years. Yeah, or if you've taken mm. maternity leave from an organisation mm. and you've returned, mm. you don't need to say you were mm. out for 12 months. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you were Irrelevant. still employed by yeah. that employer for however many years, so it, it's not important. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good tip. Natalie, thank you so much. That's been thank super you. helpful. I have so many more yeah, questions. Where could so people much. contact you or your organisation if they, you know, like the sound of what you do and want to... Yeah, Go with well, look, we give lots of advice to lots of people because this resonates, right? Mm. It's a conversation that, that so many people need to have. Um, re- LinkedIn, reach out, always happy to have a chat or our website, which is thinkchallenge.com.au. We'll put it in the show notes so you can find it. Thank you. And we'll do a little shout out on Insta and Facey as well to Natalie. So yep. thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having Natalie. me. Natalie, Okay, so thank you so much, Natalie Firth. That was super interesting, wasn't it? Oh, I still have so many questions. Oh, I want to hit her up for a glass of wine. No, she. I know she'd she'd be a good girl for a glass yeah, of wine. I reckon she would. too. Dima, you do four day. You're going to a four day. I week, am. Aren't I'm, you? I'm. It's interesting what she was talking about because I am going to be working 36 hours across four days, which is really common in Amsterdam, yeah, right. and great for me and my need for flexibility for and traveling some reason. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I rem- that's a really nice, yeah. elegant. Solution. And I do think the mentality is different here. There's not an expectation that you you know go above and beyond necessarily and work longer hours if you are employed in the Netherlands you finish at that finish time and if you haven't finished by that time you are not doing your job correctly you are not efficient yeah and you can work from home it's it's really flexible and I think it's it seems far better for the worker than in Australia so Mm. (laughs) all right we might all be there with you next week Dima there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so Dim, I don't know if we will be there next week because... Well, we'll we could go to the Netherlands, but yeah, maybe not, not the, the UK. UK. <laughs> Tell us what is happening with B-Dog, as I like to call him. Well, I've got, I spoke to my friend in England for this segment and she said her name for him was Bojo. Oh, Which yes. I got That's what I'm calling him. No, damn it. I thought I was original. Oh, Bojo. Um, okay, it's, Boris it's in, Johnson. It's coming. It's in my little notes. Okay, so there's been some pretty saucy politics happening in the UK in the last week. I mean, it has been for the last few months. But Theresa May has resigned as PM after a pretty botched attempt at Brexit. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you're talking to, her likely successor is looking to be Boris Johnson, Bojo, B-Dog. The one with the hair. 
He's got fabulous hair. So old B, he's known for such things as being fired as a journalist from the Times for falsifying a quote and banning alcohol on the tube when he was mayor. Basically, I think the Wikipedia article that I looked at to get information for this. (laughs) So really legit. (laughs) Really legit. They really summed it up quite well with two sentences. Supporters have praised him as entertaining, humorous and popular figure with appeal beyond traditional conservative voters. Conversely, he's been criticised by figures on both the left and right who accused him of elitism, cronyism, dishonesty, laziness and using racist and homophobic language. (sighs) <sighs> According to Charter, though, Bojo is 38% more likely to become the next PM compared to the next highest contender, Dominic Raab, at only 14%. So, Bojo, what are our thoughts? Uh, this is just, this blows my mind in so many ways. Like, the fact that we're sitting here in 2019 and we're going, the previous host of The Apprentice runs the free world. <laughs> And Bojo, who I've done my fast facts, and it turns out he doesn't like eggs, particularly egg whites. <laughs> Random. And Love it. Strong, strong facts there. I mean, look, I was he going. He's not fit to rule the UK <laughs> with that kind of information. My God. He is such a random guy, yeah. and he's going to lead the other major, another major superpower. Like, what world are we living in where these, like, seriously, is, do you just have to be an old, white, wealthy man? Is that the only thing you need to be a, the leader of one of, of the two major part, yeah. major countries? And one of the big things that I discovered about Boris Johnson is that before Brexit, he went up and down the country saying that the National Health Service would be $350 million pounds better off under Brexit and then literally I think it was the next day after the Brexit vote had gone through they said oh that was a mistake no that's not true and so it's this kind of embellishing the truth Mm. I don't want to say lie because I don't know the facts and figures in England but let's say embellishing the truth. No I think I think it's definitely you could call it a lie. I think that's not even allegedly. He false. He got fired as a journalist for falsifying a quote. That was one of his first jobs. Like, I don't think that that's a surprise. And no, there's even question like, marks. Oh. He claims that he was arrested at, at uni, but then actually it turns out that he probably didn't get arrested at that time. There are so many question marks yeah. over his story at different times, allegedly, allegedly. But I, I think the fact that we're in this world of just – um, hyperbole mm. and over-the-top grandeur mm. and just no basis of fact yeah. so often. Well, The Guardian said that one of the reasons that he's been chosen is he's a Brexiteer prepared to deliver the purest form of Brexit, a no deal, and who is capable of some kind of mass voter seduction as Farage, who is the old leader. So he, you know, they're in Brexit at the moment. They need a leader who has the vision for Brexit and he is the one, he is Brexit. Mm. So I guess for them, if they went to a, you know, Remainer who doesn't believe in Brexit, that's totally saying that they made a mistake with it. So they have, they're holding court, mm. the course, is mm. the way I'm kind of interpreting it. And what, do, so that means basically that they won't agree to it unless they get the pure deal through is that yes, what and then right. they'll do a no deal and it, it shut down so oh. which nobody really wants mm, okay yeah what's how's it playing out I in think, your oh sorry dim well on. well i was just gonna how it's playing out i think is best um summarized by two of our listeners who one is based in the uk and one is from the uk based in australia 
one of them commented on a picture that we put up recently saying, when you're scraping the, the barrel, Boris will do. I mean, his free bike initiative and the fact that he's permanently pissed is good enough these days, which I think is a fairly good one. And the other comment was from our editor who said, who's based in the UK, saying, British correspondent here, and while I'm no expert on all the political happenings, I do feel the entire situation could be summed up with one simple yet big time Oh, bother. Just this British and beautiful <laughs> summary. I what a beautiful way to finish on Collings there. Thank you, Collings, our great editor who's based in the UK. Oh, bother indeed. I just think that is just so British and so wonderful. And we will wait with bated breath to see whether Mr Johnson or B-Dog or gets Bojo. in. Or Bojo. Bojo. Bojo gets in. All right. Oh. So. <laughs> the Yona brothers. <laughs> L. Tell us about the Yonas. (laughs) Let me take you back, way back to 2013 when Blurred Lines and Wrecking Ball were hit songs. It was the last season of Breaking Bad and Donald Trump was still just an eccentric businessman slash TV host. This was Those just, were good days. They were good days, oh, weren't they? Yeah. When the biggest controversy was uh, Blurred Lines, whether yeah. it was a rape song or not. <laughs> exactly. This was also the year the Jonas Brothers broke up. What? You don't remember this massive event in history? No. Don't worry, I didn't either. And apparently they broke up because of a deep creative rift between the brothers. That's what's come out since. So the reason I'm talking about the Jonas Brothers now is I just feel – they are everywhere. And I wanted to research them for the podcast, of course, not just for my own interests, on why they are. And these are some of the key stats that I've found. So they've been getting married to famous actresses. Joe Jonas was married to Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones and Nick Jones to Priyanka Chopra, and they attended the royal wedding. Megan's best friend. Megan's I'm all over friend. that one. Yes. They've recently been on James Corden on their sing-off show. They're releasing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really oh, good. It's okay. a good episode. Okay. They're releasing a new album on June 7th and their latest single, Sucker, has gone to number one, which it's very catchy. Oh, my catchy. gosh. It is so catchy. It's have really catchy. It's a good it? gym song. I'm a sucker for you. Yeah. Boop, 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 I have not. Boop, boop, boop. It's a good one. Okay. You don't need to because with my rendition, that's pretty much just mm. as good, right? Yeah. I love it. They're releasing a new documentary on Prime on June 4th, which has been enticing me via my Insta. Prime ads, well done you. And Joe Jonas has been nominated for a Logie in the Best New Talent what? for his work on The Voice. I'm assuming it's new talent as in new to Australia. Okay, uh, Probably, know. yeah. So I've had a couple of thoughts on them because I did not get the memo the first time around that the Jonas Brothers were cool. Mm. Listening to the James Corden, I knew one song that they sang and it was their recent one. Okay. So I – no knowledge of their music, but suddenly I really am invested <laughs> in the Jonas Brothers and I want to watch this documentary and I want to listen to their new album and is this just really excellent marketing or is it because they've all married really cool girls and now I'm hooked? Are you into them? Cool girls, cool girls. They have married the coolest girls except I don't really know who Danielle Jonas is. She has no. They got married before. She was kind of like childhood sweetheart. She's the older 
wife and now she's got these two new oh. superstar sisters-in-law, which I feel really that sorry must for. Be apparently, apparently her and Priyanka are fighting. Ooh, scandal. I went deep with this on 2L because I have been seeing, I think it's probably because Sophie Turner is, yes, you know, I think Sophie Turner's been now. my hook too. And she's the Game and of Thrones too. Game of Thrones. She's now in X-Men. She's blowing up. Okay. Yeah, she's posting a lot. And she was in the Sucker film clip oh. with the other two famous wives. Oh, I didn't know and that. They, they, yeah. Oh, it's good. It's really good. So I am into it because of all of the all of the famous women and their relationship. And then I just get mad again because I'm like, oh, men riding on the coattails of incredible women. So I don't know how I feel. Well, good marketing to get married just before your documentary and your new album came out. That was a nice coincidence, wasn't it? That oh, is timing. weird. That so is weird. Timing. Having said that, I did think with Sophie Turner, her Game of Thrones season – lifetime is coming to an end so True. both ways yeah. maybe i can only Mutually beneficial. clever okay mm-hmm. i've complete i have zero awareness or interest or knowledge so on these guys on your research for this very segment that yes. i headlined yes yes I did have you done, do any no <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> because Amy, I thought, mate, come on, you're better than this. Yeah, I know. I knew I'd be disappointed. Talking about people everybody. riding on the coattails of impressive <laughs> women. I thought my point of difference could be my lack of knowledge, and you could entertain me with yours. But I do know about the Priyanka wedding. They had a ve- they had a festival. Huge, I know yeah. that because of Megan. <laughs> so basically, all knowledge of the Yona brothers is because of Meghan Markle. That's it. But Do I'm you not know, really actually. I don't like. I've, I don't like commercial radio, and I don't like. Um, I know recent. you say that every time you get into my car. I don't like commercial radio, I and hate you it. turn it off <laughs> I do. in my car. Yeah. I'm driving. Yeah, because it's too noisy. <laughs> There's too much of the talking and the, yeah, producer Claire's giving me the thumbs up and the Jonas Brothers, I just, I've got no interest. I'm going to send you sucker because you're going to get suckered in. It's really? It's so song. good. Sucker for you. Do you know, I just, the only thing that, about this segment that I'm now sort of thinking, oh, I really liked Blurred Lines <laughs> and I felt really bad about liking Blurred Lines, but I might go back and listen to Blurred Lines. But- Oh, is that all you got out of it? Yeah. That it was the Amy same year as Blair Lines. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So you really missed the entire point of this, and I think this is this needs to stop. <laughs> okay, we can't go any further. All right, I'll go and listen to them. Send me sucker. I'll be the sucker and listen to it. Right. So, quick fire recommendations. L, are you ready? I'm ready. Go. Mine is what's your 2040.com. So this has been a long convoluted way to that I got to this website. The first one was a friend recommended to me a new documentary called 2040. And it's an idealized documentary about what we could achieve in 2040 if we use innovative technology that's around now and we can save the world, guys. It's by an Australian documentary filmmaker. It's really cool. It's really uplifting. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. This is apparently. Um, But... I, <laughs> this is like dim and That's her like books. a dim recommendation. <laughs> I've read page one. <laughs> I've seen a uh, preview. But I was telling producer Claire about this. She did a little bit more Googling and came across this whatsyour2040.com and it's a whole website devoted to what you can do now. They're saying we know that it's got to be big business that it also has to change to make massive change in the climate. But there are small actions that you can do and what they do is is you enter a little bit of data, nothing personal. So it's just how much money you could donate, how much time you could donate, what your general location is, what your skills are so that I'm a teacher. And they create an action plan for you of doable 
things that you can do now to help climate change. The other thing I loved about this was it also said your interest. So it showed that educating girls and women has a massive improvement on the climate. So I was interested in that. So I clicked on that one. So they said things like I could be a mentor for the Smith family to help Ah. women in, you know, with their education. I could go to this search, change my search engine because this search engine donates money to building, uh, planting more trees. So just really simple things. Tangible. Tangible. Very Mm. tangible to your interest, to your time, to your ability to donate. Okay, so so what's that website? Watchyour2040.com and go to the action plan for your specialised action plan. We'll put that in the show I love this, Elle. Can I just clarify, is it W-H-A-T apostrophe S or is that just you being grammatically correct? I think that's me being grammatically correct. Not to do it. (laughs) Just in her show notes, she's written what's and just couldn't help but put the apostrophe S because that is grammatically correct. Okay, so it's without the apostrophe. Lose your grammar and remove the the apostrophe. (laughs) Cool. Dim, what's happening in the Netherlands? Birkenstocks, Birkenstocks, Birkenstocks. I bought Birkenstocks. Yep. Now, I know I offer men. You're very mercurial about Birkenstocks. I am mercurial. And then you're off and then you're I was going to say hypocritical with lots of things. I I get really, I go hard with my opinions and then I'm not afraid to change them. So I actually bought some last summer too, (laughs) despite the fact that I gave you so much grief. I can't believe it. You gave me so much shit for this. And I was like, oh, I can't get Birkenstocks because Amy thinks they're lame. And then I was like, you know what? I'm in Europe now. I can do whatever I want. And so I went to Germany and (laughs) I bought that is good that is (laughs) cool that you bought them in germany though yes so you're on board i know right i went in germany i'm on board they are so comfortable oh my goodness and i can wear them with socks and they are like (gasps) so for winter amy you know we're thinking about our international audience no 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 socks are good she can't touch you over there dim do what you like I'm She'll not a- never know. I know we think she does know. She doesn't know. It's okay. I feel she like can't that tell. secret microchip she planted knows all. I must say that when I was pregnant and it was the height of summer over here, I lived in my Birkenstocks. I was so comfy. I am so furious. I'm going out and buying ankle boots that crop at my ankle and another pair of Birkenstocks because What's according to Amy, boots? I'm not allowed. Tell, oh. tell her, Ellen. Tell her. What? About, I don't know about the, the ankle boots. Oh, uh, well, I'm not allowed to wear ankle boots because they crop me at the wrong point on my leg. <laughs> but I've got many pairs of ankle boots that oh, I definitely yeah. am hypocritical oh, on that one yeah. too. All right, you can go forth and buy your Birkenstocks, Tim. I like it. What colour did you buy? Oh, I'll post them. They're yeah. like a um, like a an oil skin. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's what I bought too, them. yeah. I got some of those too. So you're just doing what Amy tells you again. (laughs) Damn it. I can't escape. Oh, Dima. Okay, so my recommendation is Hamilton, Ah, the musical. I'm such a musical nerd. Yep. I, we, it's just the oh, best. Oh, I love it. So It's the only musical that my husband really, really loves it, and knows every rapping word to when we rap uh, together in the car. <laughs> if you don't know about Hamilton, do yourself a favour. Go onto Spotify, get the Hamilton soundtrack. It's, it is not what you would think would no. be entertaining. It's all around Alexander Hamilton, who was one of the forefathers of the America. Of, of America. And, and their but, financial situation. Yes, it is. <laughs> Not what you would expect to be good, but it is brilliant. It's been playing in the US, obviously, for many years. It's won every award you can think of. It's now 
played in London and won all the awards. And so I saw it in London last year. It was unbelievable. So good. And they've just announced it's coming to Australia in 2021, going to be in Sydney. So, so exciting. So because of that, I just put it back on again. Oh, my goodness. The music is so good. Good. Love it. Love it. Had it pumping. I mean, I am a musical nerd, but this is a great musical that, as you say, even non-musical lovers will love. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, get on board with that. Okay. So, we're going to finish on a mantra because you're not very cross. (laughs) No. It's not a rant. Well, I guess it's a mantra. It's an energising mantra. It's not like a, you know chill out one. Okay. So I got this one because I started following Nayira Wahid, a poet on Instagram after Meghan Markle might have posted one of her poems when she announced Archie. Dimity, you will still like it, I promise. So I Googled her and because this was one of her tweets a little while ago, and this is what Twitter should be used for. So she said, what about this theory? The fear of not being enough and the fear of being too much are exactly the same fear, the fear of being you. Oh, that's How nice. good is that? That yeah. was a tweet. I need to get on Twitter if this is what Twitter's about. Yeah, this I is don't, what, I don't nice, think that's what Twitter's everyone, about. Yeah. It's a really nice. Yeah. It's a lovely space. A good, lovely platform. So, yes. That is nice. As much as Meghan Markle disinterests me, 10, I, I'm on board for that quote. It's yes, quite lovely. She has beautiful poetry, though. I went to her Instagram today and I think she's wiped it because she's releasing a new book or something. Oh. So I had to Google all her past poems. But I think her book's called Salt. So if you wanted to check her out, Nayira Wahid is. Nayira Wahid. Okay, yes. cool. That sounds good. I like that. That's a nice one. I'm on board. Very cool. good. Well done, everybody. Good job. No, that is an uplifting rant. Uh, mantra. <laughs> it is not a mantra. It is definitely a mantra. All right. On that note. <laughs> yeah, on that note, we are finishing, promise. So that's been the Millennial Divide. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, listen for free in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell all your friends. You might start to see posters around if you're a new listener. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, We know you love the conversation, so we love to hear from you. So jump on to Facebook or Insta. We're at The Millennial Divide. Or you can email us at The Millennial Divide. Don't forget two L's and two N's at gmail.com. The Millennial Divide at gmail.com. Dim will check it. I would love some emails. (laughs) Somebody email a, a question because we haven't had a question in a little while and I would just love to know what that is. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just to make sure the Gmail's working. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you to our wonderful editor, Raw Collings. Raw, you do a great job each week. Thank you so much. And producer Claire, always here, always smiley, and so appreciative of all the work you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 